Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. And wow, what a great day this is. I am so thrilled. I'm so excited. Um, And I truly feel blessed to be able to chat with you guys every day. I want to thank all of you that are listening, whether you're listening from uh, KKNW, WBLQ, CRN, CBS or any of the other affiliates across the globe, and a shout-out to our, our Australian affiliate. Thank you out there um, for doing what you do so well. What a great show we have today. Uh, Eldon Taylor is in the house, and Eldon has been on my show many, many times, and, and he has a fabulous show of his own. Uh, which we'll talk a little bit about. But, you know, beyond being an award-winning New York Times best-selling author, um, you know, of more than 300 books, he's somebody with a powerful, powerful message. And whenever you turn to uh, Eldon Taylor's website, you're going to see that he is someone that plugs into the science and someone that has plugged in to the, the amazing demonstration of power and efficiency in terms of how we live our lives. But more importantly, what can we learn about ourselves beyond the sciences, beyond the spiritual notions that we may or may not have? Today's show is about his book, I Believe, uh, when what you believe matters. And if you don't think that what you believe matters, today's show is going to shine a light on it. Eldon, thank you so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Pat. It is always a pleasure to join you. I love what you do. I love your show. I love your network. You've got, you know, everything going for you over there. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. I love it. One of the things I loved in this book that you come out of the gate, and I think you and I talked about this. We have somebody in common that we really love, uh, Ogmandino. Yeah. And, you know, you say, you say he's one of your, your favorite writers. Yeah. Uh, and, and you go on to really talk about, uh, right out of the book, you, you, you have a quote. Uh, and I want to talk about this for a minute. I want to talk about this idea that we have about ourselves and our lives that stem from a, a belief. 
you know, a, a paradox in a, in a sense. You know, I believe, we believe we're prosperous, yet at the same time we very easily uh, stop believing that when we hear of economic downturn. You know, what is it about belief and, and, and why this book is so important now that has really called you to action? Well, you know, I have spent my life, as you know, Pat, studying why people do what they do. And back in the days that, uh, and for many years, and for those in the audience that aren't familiar with me, I was a practicing criminalist. So I spent my days uh, perhaps running lie detection tests or supervising an investigation, uh, conducting a forensic hypnosis uh, session, uh, an interrogation or something of that nature. And I would hear confessions and I would hear reasons why people did things. I would walk away shaking my head. How on earth can a grown-up actually come to that rationalization for that behavior? So it has been something that all my life I have been very, very interested in. And the reason I, I created or I wrote, I believe, uh, comes down to this. I've learned through all of the research, some that I've done, most of which has been carried out by other people, that there is no such thing as an inconsequential belief. Every single one of our beliefs are important. We, we tend to want to uh, categorize them. We, we tend to want to think, well, I have you know, spiritual beliefs, I have political beliefs, I have uh, beliefs about automobiles, I have beliefs about certain kinds of people, I have beliefs about morality, I have, and, and in compartmentalizing, it may make us think that we're, you know, we're handling our beliefs in some logical fashion, but the bottom right. line is, that's not the case. Every single belief, irregardless of the the nature of that belief is connected to every other belief that we hold. The, the net result of that is that we can tweak one belief in a area and it'll vibrate through every other area. We can hold a belief that is completely dissonant. Um, we call this cognitive dissonance, meaning two different beliefs that are mutually exclusive and we'll mm. hold them simultaneously without a conscious awareness. And, and we live in an environment where we're continually inundated with uh, what I think of as the mediaocracy, where we are sold the ideas, the sound bites that we think with, where we learn how we walk, how we talk, uh, what our ambitions, what our goals, the kind of briefcase, the kind of automobile, the makeup, the hair gel, Whatever, every product we consume, everything that, for all intent and purposes, becomes who we are, that's something that's been voiced upon us. And, I, you know, to your point, Ahmed Dino said years ago, one of the painful prices we are paying for our so-called modern lifestyle in the final quarter of the 20th century, and it, it's more true today, is that we are all becoming more and more alike. We all suffer through the same television shows, read the same magazines, wear the same fashions, and buy the same new frozen foods. We all live and die by the clock, cut each other off in similar-looking automobiles, pass up 
a night at the ball game, for a night at the office, never seem to have much time for our spouses or kids, watch helplessly as our oceans and lakes are poisoned, and try not to think of the hydrogen bomb landing anywhere near our city or town. We are all, as the years pass, he continues, falling in step in order to march to the beat of the same drummer, racing forward or backward at the same pace as all others, smiling almost on command, mass-produced beings with no more individuality than any of the millions of saltine crackers that emerge daily from the ovens of Nabisco. That one says the things, it so succinctly. Yeah, that really says it so succinctly. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I was just speaking with Donna Eden, and we were talking about energy. And what's fascinating is, and, and I think you, you know this as well, there are many books out there about affirmations, mm-hmm. even about praying, mm-hmm. but very few of them really zoom in on the belief part of this, meaning that, you know, if you really do the things that you want to do to get well, for example, um, if you don't actually believe that you're going to get well, I'm not sure there is any technique in the world that will help you. Can you can you talk to that for a minute? I totally agree, uh, Dr. Pat. I mean, look, there is a significant difference between what you can call wishful thinking I'm writing affirmations, you know, and uh, one of my affirmations might be, you know, what, uh, gold is going to fall from the sky. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay? Um, Yeah. We can think of that as a kind of wishful thinking. Now, everything is relative, but there's a real difference between true belief and wishful thinking. For most people, our true beliefs are unknown to us. That's the bottom line. As Robert Bly says so eloquently, you know, we come into the world, we're, we're spontaneous, we're, we're loving, we're adventuresome, we're, we investigate everything. You know, we may even pick something out of our diaper and taste it. And, and then along someone comes and they, and they tell us, you know, oh, little Johnny, you shouldn't do that. Now, now Johnny, your anger... You don't want to show anger, Johnny. That anger is not good. Johnny, you don't cry. You know, boys, men, they don't cry, Johnny. See, you you don't want to show those emotions, Johnny. And Johnny, and and, and it could as well be Martha or Mary. You know, I'm, I'm male, so I use Johnny. But the bottom line is we're subtracted rather systematically from who we are with each and every one of these admonitions that are supposed to help us but indeed are causing us to conceal our real self in order to become accepted. As we've discussed before, Dr. Pat, we're herd animals, and it's important that we find acceptance. That is our calculus for pleasure. Our pain is when we're yeah. neglected, when we're, yeah. when we're discarded, you know, when, when we're isolated. And so seeking this, we adapt. And as we adapt, we take our real feelings and we put them in this bag, this imaginary bag that Bly calls the long bag. Because by the time we're grown up, it is very long. We have put everything back there. We're hiding it all. All those no-don'ts, you're not smart enough, you're not old enough, you're stupid, you'll never amount to anything, you're too fat, 
you walk funny, your smile is, is hideous. All the things that kids tell us, our peers tell us, our parents tell us, sometimes our parents in the most loving way tell us some very damaging things. And oh, we don't have a rite of passage, so we just kind of carry this in this long bag behind us. And then one day, you know, it explodes on us. I mean, we go off, maybe at our spouse or someone, and we don't know why. I mean, we say, why did I do that? I mean, there wasn't provocation for that. Well, we're holding all this stuff back. Or as, as you and I were talking at the top just before you went on air. Yeah. Uh, last night when I was with George Nury, I was discussing with him the chameleon nature of human beings. And and, and there are many adults who will say, what do you mean by that? I'm not a chameleon. But all well, you let's have to that, do... Let's hold that thought for a minute until we come back from break, because I want to talk about the chameleon uh, in all of us. And the reason that it's a really important conversation is because I think that, you know, we, we are getting mixed messages. You know, there's a part of us that says, oh, you have to show up authentically. But then there's another part that, you know, folks will define authenticity as not being a chameleon. And so there's a lot of confusion around it. And so this is a really important topic. I can't wait. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be right back here with Eldon Taylor. And think about it. How many times in your life throughout a day do you flip that chameleon switch? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Michelle Bond. I'm the Vedic astrologer who shines a light on what you put into your body. Are you sick and tired of taking all the latest vitamins and herbs that promise to make you feel better and have unlimited energy but find they don't work? The reason they don't is because no two people are alike. There is not one fix for everyone. To find out how I can help you discover what will work for you, go to my website, themichellebondshow.com. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Get ready for Intuitive Solutions with Deborah Diane every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Create your best life by releasing subconscious limiting beliefs and patterns quickly and easily. Each show features a live call-in segment so that you can experience Deborah's intuitive insight and powerful clearing. Deborah's quick wit and spot-on intuition make every show both powerful and fun. For more information, visit ConsciousRepatterning.com. Having trouble keeping up with the accelerated, life-altering changes occurring on the planet? The Quantum Vortex is the brainchild of Meg Benedicte, a pioneer in quantum healing and energetic activations. Weaving together ancient spiritual knowledge, quantum physics, and vibrational healing, Meg Benedicte is accelerating change at the cellular level. For more details on private sessions, meditation CDs, downloads, and teleseminars, visit NewEarthCentral.com. Tune in each Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Awakening Radio with Patricia. This hit show awakens your dormant, divine, feminine energy. The Awakening Show is the next step on your evolutionary journey through life. 
Get ready to awaken the dormant seedings within you, your soul's encodement, power, and purpose, and bring this forward with confidence and clarity through the power of your own voice. This show promises to boldly go where you've been before. You just need to remember. Be inspired. Become rewired with The Awakening Radio. Visit AwakeningRadio.com for weekly topics. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by Elvin Taylor is in the house. And, um, uh, you know, he has a phenomenal book. I love this. I love what Elvin does. And he's masterful. He has a phenomenal radio show, which we're going to give you information about. Um, If you want to find out more about him, go to his website, eldentaylor.com. Elvin, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, It's really fascinating because you were telling me before we came on air you said, you know, I was talking to George Norrie the other day or last night, and I thought about you. And then we began a conversation about Chameleon, but we never really finished it. So I'm not quite what the I'm not quite sure what the association was well, between George Norrie, Chameleon, and me. But I want to talk about being a chameleon because I think it's so important. Okay, well let me let me conclude because we've now tried to do this one <laughs> twice. I think once before <laughs> the show started, and then of course once with this last commercial, but. Right. The point I was making with George last evening was, you know, we we are all chameleon-like in our nature, and yet most people are unaware of that. So when I introduced this idea, it's not at all uncommon for someone to say, what are you, what are you talking about? I mean, how do you mean I'm chameleon? And, and so the example I like to give is, you know, if I've got a three-piece suit on a t- or just a two-piece and a tie, and I'm on a university campus, my behavior in a lecture hall, the language that I use, etc., is entirely different than if I'm at my horse ranch in Spokane, Washington, with my shaps and boots headed for the barn. And and I said to George last night, I said, you know, and I, I, I have a friend that is a psychologist uh, that is also a radio talk show host, and I'll bet you anything that when she puts those shafts on and straddles her Harley, her personality changes as well. <laughs> I was just thinking about that, Eldon. I, as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, absolutely. It was fascinating. But you're right about that. And, and you know, the, the, the reason is we have purchased wholesale, not just the product, but how the what the behavior is that goes with the product. You know, if I have my Levi's and athletic shoes on, my bounce, my stride is different than if I've got my floor shine wingtips on or you've got your heels on. Right, uh, exactly. And it has it, it's not about well, it's harder to walk. That's just that's a fiction. It's about our expectation. We 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 feel differently. And that's why we move differently. Well, we, you know, we have bought this image when we bought the product. Now, here's the thing that people really need to know. Well, three things. First of all, we now know using fMRI that the nucleus accumbens is going to make 90% of your decisions. And the bad news about that is that's an unconscious mechanism. 
90% of your choices or more will be made by the unconscious mind. Okay, that ought to frighten most people, but this ought to frighten you even more. An MRI technician watching the brain make decisions will know in advance, as much as 10 seconds in advance, what you're going to decide. So they know, watching your brain, what you decide before you know what you're going to decide. That's how mechanistic 90% of your choices are. That ought to alarm us, because think about what we have in our unconscious, our subconscious, if for all intent and purposes, is the calculator that's turning out these choices. I can tell you that everything you've ever experienced is back there. In fact, I, I know that for a fact. I... I once had a homicide case where the individual's in prison for the murder of his mother. And he had absolutely no recall of what had transpired that evening. Right. The only thing he could remember was calling law enforcement uh, to tell him that his mother was bleeding on the bed. It was a very violent murder. He had consumed an enormous amount of alcohol and hard drugs that evening and had blacked out. When law enforcement arrived, he was blacked out. He had absolutely no recall. He had this one little narrow window. I, didn't I call you when I saw my mother bleeding? Okay. Mm. Under hypnosis, however, he could tell us every single thing that happened that night. He told me how he walked through the park, and there he had to hide because he was inebriated, and he knew he would be arrested. And there were two law enforcement officers systematically searching the park, the garbage and so forth. And, and they took a long time. Well, we were able to check the logs and discover that, indeed, there were two police officers that searched that park. And they were there a long time. And, and they were there long enough and during the time that the murder was committed, which meant it wasn't possible for this young man to have actually committed the crime. Well, he was released, and of course, um, in the end, uh, the correct perpetrator was arrested and convicted. But here's my point. You may not think you have all this in your memory, you have all this information, but it appears that we do, and it is accessible in certain ways. And so if you have this memory system that stores all this, in the unconscious, and then it complicates things by having all these defense strategies that, you know, may have been adaptive when they were formed, but are not so necessary today. I mean, our adaptations in childhood generally don't work in our adult life, and so we'll all have some kind of self-defeating or self-limiting beliefs that operate unconsciously as well. Ninety percent of our choices are going to be made on that basis. You, you've got to ask, well, where's my free will? Now, here's the two takeaways that I really right. want to get in here. All right. Two weeks ago, I was in a continuing education, a CEU unit, the kind you and I have to take every year. Yeah. And yeah. this was a neuroscientist that was delivering this. It was all about neuroscience, brain plasticity, and so on and so forth. And uh, we looked all day long at one study after another study after another study, and there were two takeaways. The first one was, you absolutely can change. When I went to school, I was taught you couldn't change IQ. Personality was fixed at four to six years of age, thereabouts. Uh, DNA was hardwired. Uh, 
and, and so on, including brain cells die, begin dying at the age of 30 or so, and they the one part of the body that does not replace itself. All this nonsense is false to fact. You not only can change all these things and more, but you can literally increase the amount of gray matter in your brain. Wow. Okay, that's the first thing. The second takeaway was this, and this is not foo-foo. This is coming from empirical data. This is hard science. This was not a seminar of new age folks. This was a seminar of psychologists, psychiatrists, healthcare professionals, neuroscientists. This takeaway goes like this. You can only change what you believe you can change. Wow. If your mind is fixed in in whatever beliefs you have. You know, life sucks and then you die. Well, you just created right, right. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, man. I, I don't know what just happened, Eldon. I think you're firing up the airwaves here. <laughs> Well, that's good. I like that. Maybe maybe we needed a pause, you know? We did need to pause because I think it's worth saying again. You know, I can't tell you how many times in my life, especially early on when I when I stepped upon and discovered this idea of belief. Uh, and it really wasn't until 20 years ago. I thought back on my life for a minute. And what I realized is... Um, the things that manifested in front of me, before I had any knowledge about what you're talking about here at all, they manifested easily under the most ridiculously unusual circumstances, right? Yeah. But they did. And the one common denominator between things that show up in my life that I want and things that don't is where I am in my beliefs. You know, I grew up, and even in my career, in my corporate career, I have been called one of the luckiest people on the planet. And I didn't really get what that meant until I realized that it wasn't luck. It was belief. And there was a point in time in my life where I would operate from such a strength of conviction. It's something like becoming a professional table tennis player at an age in my life when all of the experts said it couldn't be done. And to have been late in learning the sport. So that was the common denominator. Do you see what I mean? I do. I do. And, and you know, we see this evidence in, in beliefs in all kinds of different ways when you actually run research. I mean, look, we have, we have common beliefs. We, we can think of them as community beliefs, you know. There was a very famous study that was initiated originally at the University of Washington, right there in Seattle, where you are. Okay. My son happens to be there today as well. He's in the Honors College, so hello, Roy. Now, uh, what they did at the university is they decided to look at the expectation factor. So they created a bar, and it's a very real bar. When you, when you walk into it, there's liquor displayed on the back wall. It smells of the booze, et cetera, and so forth. Now, of course... You know, they invite certain students to come in and, you know, and be different reasons like test their alcohol uh, limits in a safe environment and so forth. Students will participate in this. They'll order their drinks. And after a couple drinks, their inhibitions will be lowered and maybe three drinks, their mortar skills become seriously impeded. And four drinks, we, we, we have drunken behavior. And here's the interesting thing. They're not getting any alcohol. 
the glasses themselves, well, the, the rings, the tip of the glass has been uh, submerged in alcohol, dipped, and then twisted so that it has the smell of alcohol, but they're not drinking any alcohol. Their expectation is what gives rise to their drunkenness. And this is a very wow. real state yeah. of drunkenness yeah. uh, that they experience. I mean, at, at, at jeopardy of losing their driver's license, they can't walk a straight line. And they haven't had a lick of liquor, you know? The story that I think really illustrates this best is, is about a runner, an athlete by the name of Roger Bannister, who was, you know, told there the mile cannot be run in under four minutes. Um, uh -huh. All the scientists said so. I mean, physicians, physicists for that matter. Historians said, are you kidding? You can't run it faster in four minutes. Look, the Greeks took their best runners and chased them with wild animals, and they couldn't run it faster than four minutes. Well, Bannister said, I can. And he did. In 1954, May of 1954, he broke the four-minute mile barrier. Wow. That's incredible. Because he's, he's refusing to accept all this nonsense about limitation. But here's the really important uh, aspect of that to me. In less than a month, Bannister's record was broken. Within three years, 16 more people broke that record. Today, the four-minute mile is often run by high school students. It's kind of a standard. So this invisible barrier, this it cannot be done, four-minute mile, once it was done, the, the barrier disappeared, and, and everyone seemed to be able to do it. So much of our belief systems are like that. As, as, as science marches on, as technology marches on, we change our beliefs. One of the things that I enjoy doing is looking at that correlation. And if you look historically, you'll see there's a point in history where there are levitations reported on a regular basis. I mean, saints uh, in the Catholic Church were sainted because of levitation. Levitation is something that they looked for in the witch hunts. Levitation was relatively common compared to today. But... What you see is it begins to diminish as the information about Newtonian physics, the law of gravity, begins to spread. So we get to a point where we have a culture today that, well, you can't float because we're heavier than air. Uh, and you see far less levitation. If you do see it, you wonder, what's the trick? How, how did that happen? That, that's a magician's game or something. You know... The other day I Googled levitation, though, and there were some Zen <laughs> monks, and they curl up like a ball, and then they bounce. And they're on YouTube. You can see this. And it's incredible. They'll bounce 8, 10 feet in the air, and they'll bounce maybe 10, 15 feet in a direction, hit the ground like a ball, still all curled up, and bounce again, and then bounce again. It's, it's really amazing to look at. There, you know, you say, how is that possible? But well, it is. Well, you know it is possible, you know, and one, and one of the things that, you know, I think is important to talk about when we come back is something you talk about in the book, one of the chapters in the book, trying, losing, and persisting. You know, what is it that we can learn from this? And how, sh you know, how shall we go back and reflect? What is it about goals and intentions that we seem to be missing something. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Eldon Taylor is in the house. We're going to give you lots of information about the book and give you his website and much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Tune into Intuit University, compassionate guidance, connecting you to your inner wisdom with internationally renowned psychic and medium, Sherry Dillard. Each Thursday at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern, get ready for an hour of practical spirituality, fun, and a magic carpet ride into the spirit realm. This hit show is a combination of call-in readings and intuitive mentoring as Sherry supports, inspires, and empowers you to create your highest good in relationships, career, finances, life purpose, spirituality, and more. For more information, visit SherryDillard.com. Hi, I'm Michelle Bond. I'm the Vedic astrologer who shines a light on what you put into your body. I help you see the blueprint of your life, what your life purpose is, when the times of prosperity are, and how to navigate through the challenges. You feel in control and inspired to live the life you want to live. Come experience an aha moment with me on my show, The Michelle Bond Show, Awaken to a New Reality, Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Are you frustrated by what's happening for you around sex and relationships? Do you long for something different without knowing how to create it? Susan Lazar Hart of Right Relationship for You provides a fresh point of view and practical tools in a light, fun, funny, irreverent, and ultimately life-changing way. Get ready for a new possibility. Visit us at rightrelationshipforyou.com. That's rightrelationshipforyou.com. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Have you ever considered what money and sex have in common? Brenda St. Louis, founder of Know That You Know, explores the energies of debt, money, sex, and our bodies. In her four-week intensive, Debt Into Delight, Getting Intimate With Your Digits, she tickles all those places we don't want to look at, infusing everything with exuberance. Would you be willing to have more money? Would you be willing to have more of you? Explore more of Brenda St. Louis at knowthatyouknow.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh, yes it will Everybody, welcome back. Uh, Eldon Taylor is is in the house. Uh, Eldon, before we continue, tell people how they can get a copy of your book and also where to find more information about you on the website. Sure. 
the best you know best thing right now is this is the launch initial launch of the paperback version so there's what we call a launch party you can get the book anywhere you can go to all the brick and mortar bookstores you can get it online but if you go to my website eldon taylor e-l-d-o-n-t-a-y-l-o-r.com and and click on the banner that appears at the top of the page there's a picture of the book there it says i believe you click on that banner what will open in the next page explains to you how you can you can obtain thousands of dollars worth of free gifts from luminaries like Dr. Pat, who have placed gifts there as a, an extra motivation because they know how important your belief is. So if you if you do that, if you go there and you open that banner, then there are links to take you out to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, wherever you're going to buy the book. You will get a receipt number from them, bring it back, input it on that page, and it will open all of these gifts to you. And, and there are some really spectacular gifts. You, you'll see what all the gifts are before you go through and actually make a purchase. But And I'm very blessed, and I'm grateful, Dr. Pat, that you participated because you've given a wonderful gift, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, this is, for me, I, I'm looking at the clock right now, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe where we are in the interview. And that's why I want to change a little bit about what we talk about now. Okay. Um, I, I want to jump to, because it's, I think this will encompass it, I want to have a conversation with you about, you know, a chapter in the book where you talk about instinct and intuition. And the reason I want to talk with you about that is because I think it circles, you know, we go full circle with this about how much we hear about how important it is and also how much we hear about how difficult it is for, to live from that place. And I, want, I would love for you to talk about how you address this in the book. Well, you know, the, the bottom line is we have lots of ways that we reason in, in our life, and uh, some of it is purely instinctual. Our fight-flight mechanisms are an example of that. It's very easy to find ourselves uh, perturbed by something, and our blood pressure is increased, and uh, you know our cardiovascular system has responded, the adrenal system has responded, and, and the bottom line is uh, we're in that old fight-flight. You know, modern man, we tend to think of that more as anxiety and depression. But maybe it's not always that. I mean, it, it, we put an automobile around us, and we can see some real road rage approach a lot of people over some really insignificant things. That's an instinctual reaction through a lens that we're seeing as a threat. The lens is the important thing when we talk about this kind of discrimination. What is it we should be asking ourselves? about being cut off in 5 o'clock traffic or any traffic? What is it about being cut off in traffic that gives rise to this feeling that something has been taken away from us, that we have somehow been deprived, that we have somehow been offended, that this was indeed a, an intended personal act against us individually, not some, you know, careless driver or someone in a hurry or you know, someone flagrantly just violating the law, but no, they intended to do this to you, to me, you know? We need to stop and we need to pay attention to that. So the first thing we really need to look at when it comes to instinct is, is discriminating. Now, at the same time, we also have some pretty powerful instincts that guide us 
And and often these instincts get coupled with what we think of as that still small voice within that intuition. And intuition often leads to the greatest discoveries uh, in the in the history of science. So intuition isn't something that we want to ignore, but we also have to recognize that we bias our intuition. We wishful think our intuition. You know, I've, I've seen people often say, you know, I, I asked myself, it would be okay to do this? And, and, and I was still for a minute, and I got, yeah, it's okay, go ahead. And, yeah. and so I, I went ahead and did it. Uh, well, you know, oftentimes that, that voice that's speaking to us is our wishful thinking. It is our desire. Yeah. I have seen people, in fact, I used to do this, you can take a pendulum. You can hold the pendulum over uh, a paper, piece of paper, and you can draw an X and a Y axis on it, which is really just a cross, okay, on the paper. So then you can tell them that, look, on the Y axis, uh, if this pendulum swings on the Y axis, uh, that would indicate that uh, the sex is a female. And if it swings on the X axis, it'll indicate that the sex is a male. Now, I would do this with police officers to show them how the mind can influence uh, behaviors, say in interrogations or in actions, including on them. So I would say to them, I would couch it this way, so you get the whole story. Now, listen, the, the Egyptians used to divine the sex of a child by placing this diagram over the womb of a mother. And then by using this pendulum, just allowing this pendulum to be, it would begin to swing in one direction or another. That would determine your sex. So what I'm going to do is I want you to take this pendulum, and I want you to hold it over this sheet of paper, and just hold it there for a minute, and just concentrate. Just think about your sex. Are you male or female? Let's see what that pendulum says. And I give it a couple of seconds, and if the pendulum doesn't begin to move right away... Then I would say something like, now, you know, of course, if the pendulum doesn't move or it begins just to circle, just moves, that generally means there's a great deal of confusion about your sexuality. The pendulum would take off almost instantly. And, you know, with these law enforcement people, it was always, you know, if they were a guy, it swung on the male light. Now, you know, we have these muscle micro tremors, and these muscle micro tremors respond to our conscious mind. Indeed, we look at muscle microtremors when we look at deception uh, patterns uh, using voice analysis. So, you know, this muscle microtremor, without you consciously thinking that you're moving it, will move it for you according to your, your will. So it, we have to be very, very careful when it comes to our intuition to pay close attention to the guidance it's giving us. And I think what we must always bear in mind is we know what's right and what's wrong. We know what's good for us and what isn't good for us. When the intuition seems to be betraying that interest, then we need to think about it. You know, yeah. you, you've gone on a diet, you say, you know, I'm not going to have chocolate. And, yeah. uh, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at it, it looks really good, it's being offered to you by a friend, you know, and... And you say, gosh, I haven't had, well, you know, and you, and you kind of say to yourself, is it okay? Sure, go ahead, <laughs> it's only one. You know, right. I love this story. Uh, an addiction uh, teacher that I know, a professor, uh, 
his name is King, uh, tells this story about the 10% of decisions that we think we're making on our own. Uh, and, and he says this, you know, look, I, I teach all this habit training, and so here I am, and, and I'm overweight, a couple of hundred pounds overweight. So I decide I really need to lose weight because I'm teaching people about habits, and I've got bad right, habits right, right. myself. You see? So he says, okay, I decide, you know, what I'm going to do, I just moved, I was in a new community, and there was no Krispy Kreme there. Yeah. I love Krispy Kreme. I eat a dozen more Krispy Kreme every day. So what he said is, I'll just not go to Krispy Kreme because I have to get on the freeway. That's about five, six miles away. I just won't go that way. It'll be easy to avoid Krispy Kreme. And for a couple of months, he does, and he's losing weight. And then one day, he has to go out of town. He's up on the freeway. The first thing that comes to his mind is Krispy Kreme. And he says, oh, Krispy Kreme, I could stop for a donut, you know. I mean, I haven't had any in a couple of months. I've been good. And his mind talks back to him. Nah, you know that one donut wouldn't be enough. Well, I was going to stop and get a cup of coffee anyway. Maybe I'll just get my coffee. You know not to do that. The smell of those donuts, you'll be in them. Well, no kidding. He has this conversation until he realizes he has exited the freeway and is parking his car in the Krispy Kreme parking lot. And that's how a lot of this goes on. And that's why it's so important for us to be careful and discriminate carefully uh, these instincts and, and, and question, I mean, question the instincts and discriminate carefully our intuitions. Well, and, you know, this is part of this is, you, you know, and let me just add to, it, to, to the conversation in the way that I've discovered this about myself. I could probably say safely that just about every intuition that I've gotten where I, I really went with that, let me just call it, Eldon, the first hit. Uh-huh. I, could, I would venture to say that that first hit has pretty much been right. It is when 10 seconds passed and that intuition, that thing that I either saw, I call it intuition, whether it was a vision, whether it was pick up the phone and call, whatever it was. After about 10 seconds, when my mind was able to kick in, it would completely convolute the energy. And I thought about this um, a couple of weeks ago, because I don't know, for me, what it was in my younger years of life where I would never hesitate 10 seconds for anything. And what it is now that causes me to, to, to put a stop. And one of the things I came to after reading your book again was it is all in the belief. You know, there's a, there's a favorite line from a Kevin Cosner show he did on, honestly, I don't remember the name of the show again, uh, but it was one of my favorite Kevin Cosner show. It didn't do very well, but it was about his wife dying. And, you know, and she actually didn't die, but she was in a plane crash or a bus crash, and he kept getting this voice coming to him. And the way they end the show, the last bit of dialogue was, you know, the fact that he never gave up. He believed there was a message from his wife. And the last line of the show was by, who is it from? I can't remember now, was, it's all in the belief. And I wanted you to talk to that for a minute because I never forgot that word. And it's helped me in guide myself to thinking about what do I really believe here? 
Yeah, and 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 that's a good point. I, I'm going to suggest something though first before we take that. Good. The kind of intuition you're talking about, Doctor Pat, is problem solving. You, you know, I, I'm sure that when you get that first intuition, this is what I should do. It is not about whether or not you have a chocolate. It's right. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's about a business venture. Maybe it's about a creativity act. Maybe, but it would generally be, I would suspect, coming out of an area of opportunity problem solving. That's that's how I yes. would think about it. And and you're right. absolutely right. 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 That right. first one is the one we should go with. The minute we start mitigating it with reason, well. <laughs> That's when we lose the real power of intuition. So I totally agree with you. Now, you know, you're also, as you know, 100% absolutely correct about belief. Uh, We know that everything in your life, including what you might die of, is, is framed in this web of belief. There was a study carried out by David Phillips at UC San Diego a few years back where he said, look, if belief is all this powerful, I should be able to go to China, look at the death records, and find a correlation, a positive correlation between the death records and the Zodiac. Because in China, where there's a good deal of faith, belief placed in the Zodiac, the zodiac sign doesn't just tell you what your vocation or your character traits, et cetera, are. It also tells you what you'll die of. And what <laughs> he found was that expectation factor, the correlation was so robust, it's just incredible. If you believed that you would go in your sleep after a long life, it didn't matter what you did, that seemed to be what happened. If you believed you would die of cancer, It didn't matter the proactive things you did to avoid, you know, uh, obtaining cancer. uh, That seems to be what you died of. So, you know, if you're holding thoughts in the back of your mind, well, my my father had heart trouble, I guess maybe I will. You're actually creating that for yourself. You, You want to really examine your beliefs at every single level. We know that... Well, there are multiple personality disordered patients on this planet who in one personality uh, will manifest hypoglycemia, snap your fingers, the personality changes, and they have normal blood sugar. One personality, there's a tumor on their right arm. Snap your femur, fingers, the tumor's gone. One personality eye color is blue. Change a personality eye color is brown. Now, you know, we're taught all these things like DNA's hardwired. You say, that is not possible. How does that happen? But today we think maybe the mechanism is around epigenetics. So we, we do know that your thoughts, your beliefs, directly impact, affect the manifestation of your DNA molecule. This is, you know, what happens with these multiple personality disordered patients? We don't really know. Maybe that is the mechanism. Maybe it's something else. But this is what we do know. The belief about who they are changes the minute that personality changes. And when that changes, their physiology changes. It's as simple as, if I see myself as Susan, and Susan is a stick in the mud, and suddenly I'm now Susie, and Susie likes to have fun and dance and play, well, in that change of how I relate to myself, 
my character, my physiology, everything about me also changes. Uh, it, it's a remarkable connection between the power of the mind and, and the reality we experience. I think everybody knows, Dr. Pat, you know, positive thinking and what we now think of as positive psychology, you know, they, it just makes sense. It, it makes more sense to be go out into the world and be optimistic, as long as it's not blind optimism, than to go out there and be pessimistic. So we get that message. It's been around since, you know, before the 50s. Uh, you know, and, 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 and by now we understand, okay, positive. I have to think positive. I have to believe positive. But what we don't seem to understand is there's a difference between saying I'm going to be positive and, a difference in, in, in being positive really believing in yourself, removing those limitations. And one of the things that I tried to do in this book is show you how to do that, but but also show you how there are things about yourself that you, you just don't understand. Look, you are hardwired for certain things, to appreciate certain things, to reject certain things. Most people by now know that, look, if I write a check to a charity that I care about, my body receives positive endorphins. You're tuned in to Transformation Talk Radio. Think the Dr. Pat shows the cat's meow? Just listen to what some of her transformative guests have had to say. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? I believe in yourself always. Remember that uh, you are a gift. You are a miracle. And the only way you can return any part of that gift is what you do with it. Live into yourself. Be that miracle. I love it. Eldon Taylor, everyone. And, and thank you, Pat. I love joining you. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. And we're going to bring Eldon back because we, we just haven't even scratched the surface here. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Thank you for listening. And keep us tuned in right here on Transformation, Transformation Talk, Talk Radio. Radio. Aren't you tired of the same old negative vibe? Hey, Valerie, have you heard about TransformationTalkRadio.com? No, what's that? Dr. Pat is launching a new network. and she... Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat. How many hours is she going to be on? It won't be all Dr. Pat. She'll be joined by her friends, transformative hosts from around the globe. TransformationTalkRadio.com is a 24-7 network. 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her guests? No, 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her hosts. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Where is it going to be broadcast? You're going to be able to hear her in Seattle, Boston, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, on over 300 cable radio stations, and on the Internet everywhere. Listen live at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Great, we should spread the word. Absolutely, spread the word. 
Go to TransformationTalkRadio.com. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. Love is officially in the air. Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show is showing you love all year long, not just for Valentine's Day. Dr. Pat, known for her pay-it-forward manifesto, is now joined by the hosts on Transformation Talk Radio. I'm in love, baby, with Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com. Amazing host, incredible guest. Get your groove on. Feel the love, be the love. Can't get enough of your love, Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive. to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. 